الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال ربكم ادعوني استجب لكم ان الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اني اسالك الصحه والعفه والامانه وحسن الخلق والرضا بالقدر او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحت الله كرام ودزن الذ ون اوف ذا موست امپورٹنٹ تھنگز دیٹ ا مؤمن ہیز ٹو کیپ ڈوئنگ and that is to keep expressing his complete humility to allah taala this is one of his most fundamental needs to express his complete subservience to allah taala to express his complete obedience to allah taala and to keep presenting himself as a slave as someone totally in need as someone who can never do without the grace of allah taala for a fraction of a second and in all the various ibadat that allah taala has ordained upon us this is the essence of it all in salah the salah commences right at the beginning that a person now after having presented himself in a very dignified manner to allah taala having taken wudu performed ghusl made wudu purified himself and then presented himself in the court of allah taala and then with utmost humility with his hands tied and his head focused towards the ground his gaze on the ground like a person who is now in front of a very very great master now he's presented himself and then he starts off with saying alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin after having commenced his salah with expressing the greatness of allah taala allahu akbar allah is the greatest meaning there is no greatness for anyone in anything allah is the greatest doesn't mean that others are also great in some degree but allah taala is the greatest but when saying allahu akbar what it means is greatness belongs to allah alone and no degree of greatness belongs to anyone but allah taala so now the person having expressed the greatness of allah taala that all greatness belongs to allah taala alone allahu akbar <coughs> and now he commences suratul fatiha and that too again expressing alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin all praise is due to allah taala alone who is the rabb of the universe that this insan is not worthy of any praise nothing of his is praiseworthy in the minutest degree it is only praiseworthy if on the day of qiyamah allah taala has accepted it and that becomes praiseworthy also only because of his grace otherwise in itself this insan is so feeble so weak so full of faults that nothing of his is even worthy of presenting let alone worthy of acceptance So now he starts off the surah al-Fatiha 
and he expresses that, Ya Allah, I am not worthy of any praise at all for anything. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. And Ya Allah, I am totally dependent on your grace and mercy. After all, I am worshipping you alone, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. You are the most compassionate, the most merciful. Here in dunya also, I am totally dependent on you. And then the day of Qiyamah is coming. Maliki Yawmiddin. You are the master of the day of judgment. Ya Allah, they also I am 100% dependent on your grace. If it's not for your grace on that day, then I am in a total loss and disaster. Maliki Yawmiddin. Ya Allah, I am so dependent. In dunya it might appear that I can still do something and I have some contact here and I can arrange this and I can sort that out and I can duck and dive somewhere. It might appear to be such. But on the day of Qiyamah, all these appearances will also disappear. In dunya, it might seem that I can, or I am doing something. On the day of Qiyamah, the reality will become apparent, I can do nothing. In dunya, I might say something which might try to hide the reality. The reality might be something, and I will be uttering with my tongue something else. The situation might be one, and I'll be talking about two. On the day of Qiyamah, اليوم نختم على أفواههم وتكلمنا أيديهم وتشهد أرجلهم بما كانوا يكسبون. Allah Taala says, will seal their mouths and their hands will speak and their legs will testify. Now this insan, his helplessness becomes evident in the most glaring form. In dunya too, he is helpless, but in dunya it appears that he still has some kind of Authority sometimes, he has some power, he has some status, he has some influence, he has this and that and the other. But on the day of Qiyamah, that helplessness becomes as broad as daylight, clear as broad daylight, that insan is completely helpless. So therefore now he is expressing this helplessness. Ya Allah, on the day of Qiyamah, this helplessness will become glaring. On that day your majesty will be evident upon everybody. The worst atheist also who lived in this world, on the day of Qiyamah, your majesty will be glaring in front of him also. Maliki yawmiddin. Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'in. Ya Allah, because I am nobody, I am nothing, I am totally your slave. Ya Allah, therefore, iyaka na'bud. Ya Allah, I worship you alone. Na'bud is worship. Ya Allah, I am your slave alone. Only your slave. This is what this ibadat is all about. Complete servitude. Being the total slave of Allah Ta'ala. Not having any desire of oneself. The only desire is what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. Iyaka na'bud. And Ya at every second, at every millisecond, at every step, and at every half a step. Iyaka nasta'een. Ya Allah, you alone do we seek help from. Because we cannot take a half a step, we can't take one fraction of a step without your help. We can't lift a finger without your help. We cannot do anything without your assistance. Allah, everything, whether it is our progress in deen, whether it is the minutest work of dunya, let alone anything complicated. It might be the most simple task of dunya also. Allah, even that cannot be accomplished without your help. إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدْ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ 
And therefore, Ya Allah, we totally are dependent on your guidance. Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqeem. Now, the Surah Al-Fatiha alone is such an expression of this humility. It's an expression of this abdiyad. This person being a total slave of Allah Ta'ala. And this is after all what is his greatest achievement. To become the slave of Allah Ta'ala in its entirety. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, since he was the greatest slave of Allah Ta'ala, on the greatest of occasions, this is what was highlighted. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was taken on the occasion of Mi'raj, to that point where no makhluk ever went to. Not even the closest angel went. On such a great occasion, Allah Ta'ala says, Subhanallah asra bi'abdi laylam min al-masjid al-haram ila al-masjid al-aqsa al-ladhi barakna hawla. Glory be to Allah Ta'ala who took who? The word Rasul could have been mentioned here. Who took his Rasul? Who took his Nabi? Who took his Habib? And all this is 100%. But Allah Ta'ala says, who took his Abd? Who took his slave? He was the greatest slave Hence he reached the highest peak. So this insan wants to progress anywhere. Often a person wants to progress by projecting himself. He wants to pro- progress by trying to make himself big. But the court of Allah Ta'ala and the system of Allah Ta'ala doesn't work. The progress in the court of Allah Ta'ala happens to the extent that a person makes himself small. To the extent that he humbles himself. To the extent that he lowers himself. And this expression of humility now five times a day and so many rakats in each salah and every day he's going to be reciting the Surah Al-Fatiha. And then this is the verbal expression of this humility and that is not sufficient. That now starts making him want to express his humility even further. So now he goes into ruku. Ya Allah, I am totally subservient to you alone. But then this too now forces him further. That this too is not sufficient. He eventually puts his head down onto the ground. In front of Allah wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, I am yours alone. And I am totally dependent on you alone. And I am worshipping you alone. This is the expression of his tawheed. So if this insan wants to make any progress, the progress, this every salah is giving him this lesson. You want to progress? Put your head down. Put your head down in front of Allah Ta'ala. And in anything and everything. There are various challenges that come up in the life of a person. Sometimes every day there is a challenge. Something small, something big, something a little complicated, something very complicated. It might be a financial matter, it might be some social issue, it might be some domestic problem. It might be some internal issue that he is just struggling within himself with something. But in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam gave us that message and lesson by his practical example. It is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that Nabi Wasallam, إِذَا حَزَبَهُ أَمْرٌ بَادَرَ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ When anything perturbed him, anything concerned him, anything caused him any kind of worry, any kind of anxiety, he immediately hastened towards Salah. Now what is this? That There is an issue at hand. This needs to be, we're looking for a resolution to it, we're looking for a solution to it, we're looking for some way out of the problem. So what is going to be the way out of the problem? So this insan now wants to start using his intellect, using his mind, start thinking about how can I solve the problem? 
Now when he starts off by how can I solve the problem, Allah Ta'ala leaves him to himself. Go ahead, solve it, let's see. But when he hastens towards Salah, he is now putting his total helplessness in front of Allah Ta'ala. I can solve nothing. Allah, I can do nothing. Allah, you alone do we worship. You alone do we seek help from. Because you alone are the doer. You alone are the one who can give the solution to the problems. So now the first thing he does to resolve his problems is salah. This is the practical example that Nabi Islam said. Anything would concern him, anything would now perturb him, he would hasten towards salah, express total humility in front of Allah and this would bring the resolution to the problem. This will bring out that solution. So the, this achievement of insan, if there's anything that he can achieve really, his achievement and true achievement is to acquire humility. To totally humble himself in front of Allah Ta'ala. And part of this, what is the salah, every salah, every rakat, that recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha, and then that ruku, and then that sajda, and then every aspect and every posture of that salah, then he's sitting in complete humility, in qada, now begging Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, making dua in the end. So likewise, is this continuous need that this insan must keep making dua, keep begging Allah Ta'ala. This begging from Allah Ta'ala is also part of this presenting of one's helplessness and humbling oneself in front of Allah Ta'ala this presenting of helplessness, this is what opens the doors of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. When Sam tries to show I'm somebody, then that becomes the moment of getting distance from Allah Ta'ala. Iblis, Iblis was Azazil. Before he became Iblis, he was Azazil. He was known by this title, in the heavens. And he was Mu'allimul Malaika. But, when this command came that made sajda to Adam alayhi salam, not to him in a, in a form of worship, but this is a command of Allah Ta'ala that just as we make sajda in the direction of the Kaaba Sharif, this is the sajda that you make in his direction. Or according to some, it was sajda ta'zimi. It was sajda of respect, not of worship. Like a person, out of respect, he uh, stands up to greet somebody, so he's not worshipping him, out of respect, he's respecting him. In that shari'at, in that shari'at, this was permissible. But then became completely forbidden in the shariat of Rasulullah That even out of respect or out of any need or out of any reason to bow down in front of anyone but Allah wa ta'ala, this is completely forbidden. So in any case, this was the command that he was given. But when he was given this command, what was his response? He refused to lower himself. He refused to lower himself. The end result, he became lowered Till perpetuity. Lowered in such a way that nobody can get so low. أُخْرُجْ مِنْهَا فَإِنَّكَ رَجِيمُ وَإِنَّ عَلَيْكَ اللَّعْنَةَ إِلَى يَوْمِ الدِّينِ That he was expelled from the heavens. أُخْرُجْ مِنْهَا That you are now accursed. And the lanat of Allah Ta'ala is upon you till perpetuity. He tried to be one up. Tried to keep himself high. He got lowered so much that he can never raise his head till forever and ever. Adam it was a sheer mistake. 
There was no deliberate action that Allah Ta'ala had commanded that don't eat from this particular tree. It was a complete mistake. Allah Ta'ala endorses this in the Quran Sharif. فَنَسِيَ وَلَمْ نَجِدْ لَهُ عَزْمًا And he forgot, completely forgot. Person fasting and he drinks some water forgetfully. Allah Ta'ala says you did it forgetfully, your fast didn't break, don't worry. No sin recorded also. No sin recorded, your fast also didn't break. Person had a full meal. He ate through his heart. Full. He was fasting, but he completely forgot his fasting. He sat down and had a hearty meal. And now after he finished digested food, only he is remembering that I ate so much and I was fasting. But Allah Ta'ala says, you did it forget, out of forgetting. It was no deliberate intent. No sin, even your fast is in place. Your fast didn't break also. So likewise, Adam Alayhi Salaatu Wasalam, at that time, Allah Ta'ala had willed it that it should happen like this, so that he'll come down to dunya. And his progeny now might continue in dunya. So he completely forgot. But Allah Ta'ala is the supreme being. Allah Ta'ala is the creator and nourisher and sustainer. Allah Ta'ala is Rabbul Alameen. Allah Ta'ala has every right to still question that why you forgot. So now he was asked, why did you do this? So he completely forgot. So the simple answer was that I forgot. But what was his response? رَبَّنَا وَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِن لَمْ تَخْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Ya Allah, we've oppressed ourselves. Complete expression of humility. Whereas there was a valid reason, there was a valid excuse that he could present. But he didn't get into that. He adopted complete humility. Ya Allah, I made a mistake. Ya Allah, this was my wrong. رَبَّنَا وَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا Where there was no wrong in reality. Something that was a mistake is not a wrong in reality. Yalla, I did the wrong. Rabbana walamna anfusana. Wa illam taqfillana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin. Yalla, you don't forgive us and you don't have mercy upon us. We'll be complete losers. So now he adopted that complete humility. Allah Ta'ala then raised him. And Allah Ta'ala made him among the great ambiya of among the ulul azam min al rusul, among the great Ambiya Ali Musalatu Salam, Allah Ta'ala made him. Now, this was the response of Adam Ali Salam, complete humility. And Shaitan tried to raise himself, tried to promote himself, tried to project himself. Khalaqtani min nar, wa khalaqtahu bin teen, created me from fire. Fire rises. Why should I lower myself and bow down to this that's created from sand? But the end result, complete rejection. So this insan's achievement is humbling himself, humbling himself from Allah Ta'ala. And part of this humbling oneself is this dua. In the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu we will find dua upon dua upon dua. And the muhaddithin in their compilations of hadith, They've dedicated all the books of hadith will open, generally right across the board. They've dedicated a chapter to dua. Like there's a chapter dedicated to taharat, and chapter dedicated to salah, and chapter dedicated to zakat, and to hajj, and to fasting, and to the aspects of buyu and transactions. All the various chapters that pertain to the aspects of deen, the masail of deen, you'll find a very, very great importance given to dedicating a chapter on dua 
and the various du'as of Rasulullah have been recorded there. Open Bukhari Sharif, you'll find it. Open all the books of Hadith, you'll find it. Because this was a very prominent aspect in the life of Rasulullah It was something that happened from morning to evening. And from evening to morning. It was something that the day started off with, and the day finished off with. It was something that preceded every action. And it was something that every action terminated upon dua. And over and above that, at every other time, it was dua and dua. It is something for us to reflect that this is the achievement of insan that he truly humbles himself in front of Allah Ta'ala. Truly uh, expresses his helplessness. And one of the greatest forms of this is through dua. How much of time in a day do I dedicate to dua? Dedicated. Once is, one is after salah now, we pick our hands, we start making some dua in a routine manner. Sometimes we don't even know whether we finished the dua or didn't finish it. Before we finished it, our mind was so, somewhere automatically our hands went on our face, we realized something happened. I think I finished my dua. It's so mechanical and so routine. That too is a time of dua with importance. In the Hadith Sharif it comes that among the duas that are most accepted is Ba'd Salatil Maktuba after the first salah and Fi Jawfil Laylil Akhir in the last part of the night. These are the most accepted times of dua. That is a time also to make dua deeply from the heart. But together with that, there should be some dedicated time for dua. And there are some compilations, voluminous compilations, some shorter compilations of all the du'as of Rasulullah Al-Hizbul Azam, the compilation of all the du'as from the ahadith Nabi Salaam used to make regularly. Some more shorter complications, Munajat Maqbul, these are compilations of du'as, of all the masnoon du'as, du'as that Nabi Salaam used to make, du'as from the Quran Sharif and du'as from the ahadith. So now one is a person he uses these compilations to assist him and decides it one manzil per day. And in this way, learning one one dua, learning the meanings of those dua, looking into it and reading it, to help him connect to Allah Ta'ala and help express all his needs. Everything is in it. These duas are like a person, he wants something, so he's been given a form. Fill this application form and submit it. This is all ready, just fill it, sign it and submit it. So now he fills that application form, signs it and submits it, so it's done. These du'as are like those ready-made application forms. Now the insan is being told, submit it to Allah Ta'ala. Is this a matter of taking these forms, these du'as, and submitting it by sincerely and deeply asking it? So, this du'a should become part of our life, part of our daily life. And du'a in a very earnest manner. One is, Initially, for the barakat, person doesn't understand the meanings of the du'as, then too for the barakat of the du'as of the Qur'an Sharif, some du'as of the Qur'an Sharif first, then some du'as of the Hadith Sharif of Rasulullah wasallam, and then du'a in a manner that he can understand best. Then he asks in his own language that he understands best, because this is to talk to Allah Ta'ala. It is to beg Allah Ta'ala and to talk to Allah Ta'ala. So to ask and sincerely beg from Allah Ta'ala, to beg for himself, to beg for his family, to beg for his relatives, for his neighborhood, for the whole ummah of Rasulullah and this is our, among our greatest needs. So in any case, this is 
a thing to now make part and parcel of our lives, to reflect upon what time I've dedicated to dua, and to very earnestly ask Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, among the many, many duas of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa one dua that was recited earlier, just to briefly discuss this dua, which is a very, very comprehensive dua. And in this dua is all the things we ask for generally. But now we are asking for it in the ready-made application form. In this dua, among the many duas, and all these duas are ta'aleem. On the one hand, Nabi Islam asked this, this was despite being on the level that he was. Yet he is asking for all these things. And indeed, if one looks at the duas of Rasulullah every word, this is an expression of that utmost humility. And these are mu'jizat. Nobody but a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala could have expressed it like this. This is not something that is part of normal human endeavor. This is inspired by Allah Ta'ala on the heart of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The du'as are really, it's one particular du'a, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to make, Allahumma ja'alni laka zakkara, laka shakkara. Ya Allah, make me one who excessively remembers you. Laka shakkara. Make me one who excessively expresses gratitude to you. Imagine Nabi Sallallahu who could have ever expressed shukr to even a fraction of the amount he expressed it. Yet he's still begging Allah Ta'ala. Who could ever remember Allah Ta'ala to even a fraction of the extent that Nabi Sallallahu remembered Allah Ta'ala? On top of that, on top of that Nabi Sallallahu is still making dua. Ya Allah, enable, make me one who excessively remembers you. Make me one who is excessively grateful to you. Like a shakkara, like a mitwa'a, like a muti'a. Allah, make me one totally subservient to you. Make me somebody who is totally obedient to you. Ilayka awaham muniba. Someone who really turns to you in all humility and who reverts to you alone. Can we imagine each word? Subhanallah, this is, this is only the kalam of nubuwad. It's only something that we can gain from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The whole humanity besides can get together to try and compose something like this impossible. So among these many many du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa this very comprehensive du'a that has all our needs in it. So in this du'a, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa starts off with Allahumma inni asaluka siha. Ya Allah bless me with sihat, with good health. This is a ni'mat also and a very very great ni'mat. This one ni'mat is like a thousand ni'mats. That a person has good health, then there's so much he can do. Normally our mind only goes so much he can do for dunya. No, no, he can earn akhirat with the sihad. With the sihad he can buy the higher stages of jannat. Inna Allah ishtara minal mu'mineen anfusahum wa amwalahum bi anna lahumul jannah. Allah Ta'ala has purchased. Allah Ta'ala doesn't need anything from us. This is just to say, you do this and you got jannat. Allah has purchased the lives and wealth of the believers in return of Jannat. Nabi Sallallahu is teaching us, Ya Allah, I want good health. For what? So that this health can be dedicated to you. This health can be dedicated to serve your deen. This health can be dedicated to your ibadat. This health can be dedicated to serving humanity. So the sihad, the very great ni'mad. So Ya Allah, you grant me the sihad. But together with that, Allahumma inna saluka sihata wal ifa. Ya Allah, bless me with chastity. Now who is asking? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who is masoom, 
who was the pinnacle of every good. Allah Ta'ala's greatest mercy was on Rasulullah at every moment and every second. And there could have been nobody that can even come to a fraction of that level of chastity of Rasulullah This dua is ta'aleem for the ummah. On the one hand, Nabi Salaam out of his humility is still asking. But at the same time, it is a lesson. That you want the sihat, then the guarantee of the sihat, one is a person now, something beyond his control, something happens, whatever illness comes, sometimes it's old age, sometimes it's some other, this is part of life, this happens. So one is something that's beyond this insan's control, which is part of day-to-day life, things happen, that is something that is not in his control. All these tests come, these ups and downs carry on in life, sometimes it's good health, sometimes it's illness, sometimes it's prosperity, sometimes it's adversity. This is the up and down of life that carries on. But in terms of what is his own doings, to the extent that he will protect his chastity, he'll protect his sihat. The protection of the or the achievement of the sihat is the protection of the chastity. And if the chastity is going to be compromised, that sihat is going to go. And the dunya, in the manner in which it is going, this requires no elaboration. The diseases that are now commonplace, one of the most, the greatest contributing factors is this lack of chastity. And what kind of complications come about and what not happens, so this chastity. And this is a very simple thing to understand. Person gets involved in haram, let alone spiritually, which is obviously the worst damage that happens is to the spiritual self. The person's heart becomes completely darkened due to the zulmat and the darkness that comes as a result of that sin. That noor which should have been in the heart and that noor that comes as a result of that mujahada. The person now is being tempted to do something wrong, to look at some haram, to cast some lustful glance, to say something haram, to listen to something sinful. And at that time he exercises that sabr. He makes that mujahada. He experiences that pain in his heart, but he says, doesn't matter, whatever it is, I'm not going to commit this wrong. That pain is actually the pain of that heart opening out to receive the noor, which is going to pour in. And something now is stretched apart, and you feel some pain. This is that pain, so to say. For our understanding, that this is that little pain of stretching something apart, to open it out to receive that noor that's going to pour in. But now the person doesn't do that. He is not prepared to take that pain on his heart. He is not prepared to make that suffer. So he gives in to that temptation. So now what happens is, number one, that heart is completely darkened. All that noor drains out. And now that darkened heart with the darkened thoughts, because the heart is the heart, gives the rise to all the thoughts. So the dark thoughts, and the dark thoughts then come with the dark deeds carry on, then one after the other. One thing leads to another. Then. So now this is one of the worst things that happens is the spiritual side of it. But apart from that, this is very easily understood. A person does something which is wrong. What does wrong things do? It starts creating an anxiety within him. I mustn't get caught. Something mustn't go wrong. Now that anxiety, it raises his pressure. While he's committing that haram too, his pressure is racing. His pulse is racing. It's causing all kinds of effects on his physical self. 
And when this goes on, once, twice, ten times, then all his physical faculty is also getting weakened over time. This is a standard thing. Ask any medical person, he'll give you the same story. The people suffer attacks because of the haram, heart attacks because of the haram they're involved in. It doesn't mean everybody suffering a heart attack was involved in something wrong. But sometimes this is the end result. That these become the reasons that a person loses his sihat because of the ifat being compromised. So that which a person is doing quietly, hiding somewhere and getting involved in some haram, it's not something that was done there and forgotten and done with. It harmed him spiritually. It destroyed the nur of his heart. It distanced him from Allah Taala, And together with all that, it has harmed him physically as well. It has harmed his heart physically. It has harmed his eyes. It has harmed his mind. People are becoming, they are rehabs. Rehabs in the world. One is rehabs for people who are addicted to drugs and whatever else. They have become have rehabs in the world right now, in many, many places, for people that have become addicted to other haram. People have become addicted to pornography. Now they are rehab because their minds have become so uh, wound in a different way. They can't think straight anymore. They think in a completely warped manner. Simple things, they, they have become a danger to society. They have become a danger to their own children. Now this, the whole mind became completely... Uh, corrupted and completely warped due to the sin that a person was doing that had an effect on his physical self let alone the mentally and whatever else even his physical the whole things have changed within him so this is the physical effect of the sin physical effect of that haram in the simple dua Nabi Islam is giving us this lesson giving us this message you want to protect your sihat protect the ifat you want to protect your health protect the chastity. And you protect the chastity, then inshallah the health will be in order. Then apart from that, day-to-day life, the challenges that life brings about, sometimes a person catches a cold, sometimes he's got a flu, sometimes something else, something becomes an infection, some virus catches on him. This is beyond him. This is Allah Ta'ala's system in dunya. These things go on. Allah Ta'ala gives afiat to one and all. But this is part of the dunya. But what is something that he does not bring upon himself? He should look after his ifad. He'll look after his sihat. Then Nabi Islam says, Allahumma inya saluka sihata wal ifa wal amana. Ya Allah, grant me amanat dari. Grant me that amanat dari, the person becomes trustworthy. Ya Allah, grant me trustworthiness. Now what is the link? That a person who will have this trustworthiness in him, trustworthy person will look after every trust. He won't only look after the trust of wealth, he'll look after the amanat of this physical self Allah Ta'ala blessed him with. He'll look after the amanat of the eyes. He'll look after the amanat of the hands. He'll look after the amanat of the heart. So now when the person is looking after every amanat of his physical self, this will take care of his ifat. It'll keep him chaste. So to the extent of amanat dari, of trustworthiness, to that extent the person will be able to maintain this ifat and maintain this chastity. And to the extent that there will be a deficiency in trustworthiness, in this amanat, to that extent the person will compromise ifat. And that will affect his sihat. 
Nabi Salaam is teaching us this message, giving us this message and teaching us this lesson. Allahumma inna saluka siha, wal ifa, wal amana. And then wa husna al khuluq. Allah bless me with good akhlaq. Amanat, amanat dari, trustworthiness. This too is part of good akhlaq. The person who has good akhlaq in its complete sense, he'll have amanat as well. So now again the message and the lesson that how important this amanat is. On the day of Qiyamah, the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds, good akhlaq. After the faraiz, after the obligations of deen, the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds, good akhlaq. And this too is farz. This is among the faraiz. Because the opposite of good akhlaq is bad akhlaq. That is haram. So if that is haram, this is farz. So it's not an optional thing. Good akhlaq is an optional thing. Because the lack of good akhlaq, which means a lack of, for example, adal, lack of justice, the opposite is zulm. It is totally haram. The part of good akhlaq is amanat. If there is no amanat, there will be khianat. Which is completely haram. So it's not something optional, it's farz. See, Allah give me good akhlaq and bless me in every aspect of akhlaq. The humility that we discussed right at the beginning, one of the very great parts of this good akhlaq. One of the most essential things of this good akhlaq. If this humility comes, this humility is like that branch which has many, many branches coming out of it. If this humility comes, then there will be so many other aspects of good akhlaq that will fall in naturally. Forgiveness will be a part of this insan. He will have no difficulty with forgiveness, provided there is humility. If this humility is there, then a person will naturally be generous to. When this humility is there, then a person would be, very easily he will be able to correct himself, accept correction, accept whatever somebody has now directed him correctly, he will accept it very easily. There won't be pride. So this is one of the very, very basic and fundamental aspects of the good akhlaq. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has asked for it. Beg Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, I need this good akhlaq. Wa husna al-khuluq wa ridab al-qadr. Ya Allah, grant me that ability or grant me that capacity within myself that I am completely happy with your decree. Ya Allah, whatever you have decreed for me, I am happy with that. No complaint against the decree of Allah wa ta'ala. That person who has his radab al-qadr, he'll be able to fulfill good akhlaq in its reality. To the extent that he has his razab al-qadr, then he's not looking at what's going on on the surface. He's looking at what's happening behind the surface. That this is by the decree of Allah Ta'ala. So if something happened, something went up and down, some loss occurred somewhere, whatever it is, he'll do what has to happen. Somebody said something to him, he felt a bit hurt about it. He's insan, he'll feel something. But then he'll look beyond that. He'll look beyond that. He'll be happy with the decree of Allah Ta'ala. There's some good in this for me. Because Allah Ta'ala is Al-Hakim. The All-Wise. And Fi'lu Al-Hakim La Yakhlu Anil Hikmah. The doing of the All-Wise is never devoid of wisdom. So anything and everything Allah Ta'ala has done for me is in my favor and my interest. So now the person who has this Razab Al-Qadha, this Razab Al-Qadr, he will be able to maintain that sabr which is part of akhlaq. He'll be able to maintain that hilm and tolerance, which is part of akhlaq. 
he will be able to fulfill all these other aspects of akhlaq. So what is comprehensive dua? All of, now a person has adopted these qualities, his dunya is made, he's got sihat, his dunya is made, because the sihat is worth more than all the wealth of the world. He's got sihat, his dunya is made, and with that ifad and with that amanat and husn khuluk and rada bil qadr, his dunya and akhirat is made. This one simple dua, comprehensive dua, has taken care of everything that he needs. So among the many, many duas of Rasulullah wasallam, this is one of those beautiful duas which we should try and learn, try and include in our duas with that feeling, with that meaning in mind and make this dua a part and parcel of our daily life, begging Allah wa ta'ala, expressing our humility and servitude to Him, humbling ourselves to Him and making ourselves humble to Allah ta'ala in such a way that that humility then carries forth with us all the time. That just as we are humble in front of Allah Ta'ala, we are humble with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala as well. That we don't express any kind of greatness in front of anybody. And we don't try to be better than anybody, to say I am better than someone. No, we regard ourselves as the lowest of everybody. And we are the humble servants of Allah Ta'ala all the time. This will make our dunya also. It will make our akhirat as well. الله تبارك وتعالى جيب وسط التوفيق وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين. This is important. The Hadith Sharif, the person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Allah Taala will cause his face to shine like the fourteenth moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that Inshallah, with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Taala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous deeds and save him from sin. And this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. When saying La ilaha, bring to mind that all the ghayrullah all the things that are becoming a barrier to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, all the illicit things, all the haram, whatever other things are in our heart, all these things we've taken and thrown out, and illallah is this noor settling in the heart, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. Recite Dur Sharif. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 
Forgive what we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, show your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the pain and suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, blow the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Guide us and guide the entire ummah, Ya Allah. Guide us and the entire ummah to those amal that bring your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us and the entire ummah from such amal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Keep us under the shade of your mercy, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect us and guide us, Ya Allah. Allah, at every moment we are totally dependent on your help, Ya Allah. Allah, don't leave us to ourselves to the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, don't leave us to ourselves to the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, we are very weak, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we are totally in need of your assistance, Ya Allah. We are totally in need of your guidance, Ya Allah. We are totally in need of your protection, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from all the haram issues, Ya Allah. Save us from falling into the temptations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, give us the capacity and the strength of the mujahada, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with the nur, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the nur, Ya Allah. Remove the zulmat and darkness from our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the good akhlaq, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts of all the evil akhlaq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You make us among those who are your pious servants, Ya Allah. Make us among your friends, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, for too long we have made friendship with Shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you save us from this, Ya Allah. Make us your friends, Ya Allah. And that the friendship of Shaitan has only resulted in misery for us, Ya Allah. Has only resulted in every kind of harm for us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove us from the friendship of Shaitan, Ya Allah. Allah, put us into your friendship, Ya Allah. Make us among your friends, Ya Allah. Make us among your awliya, Siddiqeen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those are sick of them, Shifai, Kamila, Ajila, Mustamirra, Daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Those are in financial problems, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barkat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, whatever difficulties, anxieties, depression, whatever other hardships and bodies people have, Ya Allah. Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant sukoon and itminan to Ya Allah. Grant sukoon and itminan to all the hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. At the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Grant us khatma bil khayr, Ya Allah. Grant us iman, khatma on complete and perfect iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make our khabar's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, make it such that he is most pleased to see us on that day, Ya Allah. That he embraces us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, that he grants us the water of Kosar with his Mubarak hands, Ya Allah. Allah grant us Jannah for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah grant us every khair, Ya Allah. Save us from every shar, Ya Allah. 
all those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah. You have to know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove each one's sorrows, anxieties and worries, Ya Allah. Allahu Alameen grant itminan to each one's heart, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our greatest need, Ya Allah. Whether we have realized it or not, Ya Allah. Our greatest need is to become yours, Ya Allah. Allahu Alameen, Ya Allah. You make us yours, Ya Allah. Allah, you become ours, Ya Allah. Allahu Alameen, Ya Allah. You guide us in every step, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Protect our children, Ya Allah. Protect our families, Ya Allah. Protect our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All the good that Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, begged for. Ya Allah, we also asking for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sought refuge from, Allah, you grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever we have asked for, grant us, Ya Allah. What we should have asked for and not asked, Ya Allah, without asking, grant it to us, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-alim azim. جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين